0: This podcast should not be considered as medical advice. If you are looking for medical advice, please contact a licensed physician. But remember, try to find somebody who at least has a brain and is thinking critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We'll be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the Common Collective as well as why the Common Collective resists new information. Christina is hopped up on <laughs> Pfizer. Apparently,
1: oh my uh, god! No,
0: that is not Christina Aguilera. But uh, this woman, she is very, very excited for getting her Pfizer vaccine. She uh, put it out on TikTok with little. Uh, uh, there's even a little syringe in the corner that is uh, emitting vaccine hearts. <laughs> 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 so, this is this is where we're at, people. This is what's going yeah, on. Okay. There's really these two worlds uh colliding. We are not in Christina's world, all right? <laughs> but,
1: no. Not in Christina's world. And
0: so, Fabi, how are you doing?
1: I'm I'm good. I had a collision with the other world today.
0: Oh, really? So, oh, when you were out with friends?
1: Yes. I was out with friends this morning and Of course, the the vaccine conversation came up. Um, One of my dear, dear friends uh, is expecting a baby. And uh, she just said, Yeah. So I just got my first dose. And uh, and, uh, my other friend is like, Well, um, she turned to me and asked if I was going to get the the shot. And I said, "Uh, No. And she's like, What? (laughs) Why not? I was like, well, uh, it's an experimental drug, not approved by the FDA, and it's not proven to prevent infection or transmission. She's like, uh, uh, no, that's not right. <laughs> she says to me, uh, that's not right. I'm not sure what you heard that. I said, well, I just, again, explain. I, I, I read the, the little trial data we have because we don't have access to the raw data as we have discussed it before. And then my other friend, and then I, and then I said, which is of no use, right? My friend already got the first dose anyway. And I said, and you know that the, um, for preg- pregnant women, um, the data is in the gap analysis, meaning there is no data. And she turns to me, she says, "Well, I asked my OBGYN, and it's just like, well, there is a little data now." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." And she said it was fine, and you know, my baby would have the the antibodies, and and she and, and she was like, uh, "I don't think it." it it's gonna hurt my baby (laughs) but it was like she wasn't even sure right but she did it anyway and i was just like man i mean
0: but i think you 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 were like this
1: battle was just an uphill battle
0: (laughs) but you weren't you kind of like okay i'm just gonna shut up because there's uh yes
1: i i changed the subject because i was just thinking in my in my head it's the it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. I mean they are in a completely different universe paradigm. You,
0: you were kind of flanked on uh, all three sides, right? Yes. because uh, they were come all coming at you there from different yeah, uh, yeah. different angles.
1: Yeah, so I said my piece and then we moved on to different conversations and of course, I wish my, my friend the very best and that uh, her baby is born healthy. But it is scary to me to just, you know, she did ask her doctor and she got zero informed consent. The doctor just said, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> you know, and so it is, it is um, definitely scary. And speaking of uh, infection and transmission, um, a study just came out out of Israel saying that Over 50% of people that have had the Pfizer shot uh, actually says the study was for 50% of people that had the Pfizer shot. And the data uh, was found that 60% of new COVID patients that have been, uh, 60% of new cases of COVID (laughs) have been from patients that have been vaccinated. So... I mean, I'm sure these headlines are not being talked about in mainstream media because no. clearly most people around me have said that I'm crazy when I bring up the infection and transmission. Well, and Not it, that I'm crazy, but they just say, I'm not sure where you read that, but that's not right.
0: <laughs> like I read it in the actual documents from the drug Submit companies. to the FDA. And, and, and that's really where the the nuance uh, lies. And I think that uh, that's the most challenging part about this because when, you know, and we, we've, we've talked about this on the show, you know, when they say that, you know, this is FDA approved for emergency use, no one hears the for emergency use part. Mm-hmm. They don't hear that. They only no. hear... This has been approved by the FDA. That's yes. all they hear, and then their ears shut off. And then when you try to explain what emergency use is, you know they have no frame of reference, they have no context, so they think you're just uh, getting in the weeds on something that really has no bearing anyway on the situation, and that's not the case at all, um, as we've established uh, in, in the show in past episodes. Um, but you know, I, I and too- they
1: won't let you talk either. As soon mean? as you say it, they just start like, no, that's not right. My doctor said it was fine. Uh, and so it's like, you're not going to do a shouting match, right? So I'm like, well, okay. Well, if you believe that, then I guess. Yeah. It's it's all about opinion and beliefs. It's not about science. And well,
0: and like you said, if they've already gotten it, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they
1: asked me, are you getting it? And then I just said, no, I'm not going to get it.
0: That that is a weird predicament. You know, I have one friend who I think that, uh, uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think that, you know, he feels somewhat, um, you know, drawn or called to at least offer the information, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, to people. And if they do anything with it, that's on them, right? But it's like, it's it's almost like a, a... I'm not going to say a, a, a dictate from from God or anything, but I mean like a, a morality, you know, like if you are blessed with knowledge, you know, then you should at least offer it to mm-hmm. people. If they want it, they can take it. If they don't want it, it's their decision right. to to push it away. And so he's actually very good at, at um, you know, just non-confrontationally having conversations with people to kind of understand where they're coming from and then just kind of throw in this food for thought, you know, without really uh, hitting it like a hammer. Right. You know, and that's not always my strong suit. Or
1: mine. I mean, well, I'm still practicing. And then I try to avoid it if I can.
0: <laughs> well, I think this show is helpful to me because, you know, I'm not really talking to someone on the other side. It's just mm-hmm. us talking. Yeah. So I can do it a lot more calmly than I might do right. in a typical situation. So, so that's why we try to uh, uh, communicate this way Mm-hmm. right put that out there and then if we run into people we can say hey if you're interested in learning more you can go to the the podcast they can take it or leave it right you know from there and then right. uh, uh we feel like we've done what we can to mm-hmm. try to at least uh give people some additional context
1: i could definitely do a better job at that but
0: yeah well I'll we, I'll we, get we, there. we yeah. can always improve
1: but you know that that makes me think of the i was reading on one of our grocery bags the other day the phrase the land of the free because of the brave and this really uh brought the idea this idea to the forefront for me that what what's happening it it is a war Mm -hmm. to to health freedom you know for owning now we're gonna own your your body now's the next frontier and we're gonna just uh, do it in such a subtle way we're gonna bombard you with messaging bombard you with um a bad science you know or headlines because in the reality is the news conditions people to just look at headlines and not taking the content. So when the media says CDC comes out with mass study, that mass are effective, you know, and that's all they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you go and actually read the content, it, it that's not what it is at all.
0: And, and j- just like the terms and conditions, you know, when you sign up for a, a website platform or something, how many people are actually going to the study and reading it, or, yeah. or are they just saying? Are they just reading the summary that says? This is an effective way to mitigate mm-hmm. this. Oh, okay, that one line, that's what I need. That's the, the bold takeaway. Yeah, let's move on, you know and, and uh,
1: But this is what we are uh, in war against, you know, this propaganda in trying to protect your body. I went, um, I went to the, the restaurant today, and I, of course, called ahead. And um, ask if they're allowing people without a mask in. They said, yeah, well, yeah, we strongly encourage. But you don't have to wear one. And I'm looking around and 99% of the people are still wearing the mask. And they're standing up. Including my friends. <laughs> you know. And then as soon as they sit down, they take the mask off. I'm like, why don't you just not wear it then? If you're just going to right sit down and... um and, and, and just take it off. And and that's what I mean with the bravery. You know, those are the moments where you share your convictions and you stand up to what you believe so you're not really just buying to the convenience. So, yeah, it's just because everybody else is wearing I guess I'm going to be respectful and compliant. I'm going to do it, even though it makes no sense. So I f- feel like every single human in America right now has been called to bravery to keep keep this as the land of the free and before for the bravery to happen I think it's really important that people have conviction and the only way you have conviction is by inspecting the content going to the source so when you talk about the shots the source is what the the trial data understanding that and in in reading it for yourself even though if it's hard to read you can i mean you can get something out of it and if you're not sure then ask your medical professional professional you can do that or if you do decide okay i'm gonna go down there and maybe get the shot ask for the insert ask for informed consent you gotta be brave but to be brave you got to have conviction, to have convic- conviction, you got to have the data.
0: It is true if, if you're not doing something each day that's making you a little uncomfortable, then that means you're probably not doing anything. Yeah. You know. So because it's all about getting uncomfortable. Um but you know, hey, we've got to keep the pace up here. Yes. Um so w- one one thing I wanted to bring up was that I too I had an exchange with a friend and uh you know, we were talking about uh, how uh, uh, he had mentioned, I, we'd posted a meme and in, uh, in the I think we actually talked about it in the last episode mm-hmm. where it was where it was the the kids sitting at the dinner table and and one says, "How do you know who's vaccinated?" and the dad says, "Oh, don't worry, they'll tell you." And so <laughs> so we, you know we're all having that experience. And uh, my friend, you know, he um, uh, works for himself, so you know he doesn't have to. Uh, worry about an employer, you know, forcing him to get a vaccine or anything like that. Not that that's a legal thing that they can do right now uh, because of its experimental nature, but certainly the, the news is talking about that. But in And in a lot of um, employers are, are making suggestions as if, it is something that's required, and so people have to be on guard for that. But the discussion we were having is that, you know, early on he didn't have to make a decision on uh, getting the vaccine or not because, you know, first of all they 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 weren't out yet. Now then they became out and they were in limited limited supply. I'm using air quotes, and now we're finally at a point as of late April where. Anyone can get a vaccine if they want it. In fact, they're having a problem because they have huge stockpiles and people are not getting them. They've said now that pretty much everyone who wanted a vaccine has gotten it. And you still have, I think, I want to say it was like 40% of the population has not gotten, you know, in in the U.S., has not gotten their shot. Did you
1: know that the propaganda in Brazil... uh, uses the US as an example saying here, everybody got their vaccine. Everybody got their vaccine. CNN (laughs) in Brazil (laughs) is saying that, you know, you guys should all do like the Americans because Pfizer, they just finally got the Pfizer vaccine. And uh, my family is already talking about, you know, it's wonderful. It's Pfizer, you know, almost like it's a coach, like a a name brand, you know. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, oh, it, it, it's so sad. I'm going to get it embroidered on my jacket. You know, <laughs> no, but, but, uh, the, the point that, you know, he was making is now he's at a point where people are going to come up to him and they're going to ask him, you know, I got my vaccine. Hey, did you get yours? Which mm-hmm. one did you get? Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, he's left either lying, mm-hmm. you know, that he got it, which is an uncomfortable place to be in, or he's left, saying no i'm not getting it and 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 uh uh i think that that he's still not quite you know at as um uh well versed because you know obviously it mm-hmm. takes a lot of deep diving in to, to then be able to spit out the data and as we mentioned in the last uh, uh podcast it can be a long conversation. Oh,
1: yeah. Right? An, an uncomfortable conversation. An
0: uncomfortable conversation. And so what do you say? And I think that one of the things we wanted to focus on in an episode is, you know, how do you have those conversations with mm-hmm. people? I mean, first of all, it's crazy to think that you even have to have those conversations. I mean, that is your personal Medical information you would never think about sharing that with mm-hmm. anyone. You, you don't, don't have
1: to. You don't have to. It would to. be a HIPAA violation.
0: So, okay. so, so that that could be the end of the conversation mm-hmm. right there. Say, oh, I just don't, I don't share any of my yeah. medical information. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people would say, um, well, if you aren't admitting that you got it, then that's essentially an admission that you didn't get it. You know, I mean, that's what a lot of people would say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so you're kind of answering it indirectly and uh um it's a difficult place to be in and so there was a um article or i should say a blog post that got a lot of traction uh, a couple weeks back um actually i think it was well i see it was updated on april 19th but uh, i think i saw it probably 2 or 3 weeks ago mm-hmm. and um uh Really well done. I've seen people do some blog posts like this in the past on other subjects, and it's essentially one of those ones where they lay out all of the evidence. And th- this uh, gentleman uh, by the name of uh,
1: Chris Christian
0: Elliot, mm-hmm. he Elliott. he is a personal trainer.
1: He's a coach and personal developer.
0: Yeah, so he's like um, um, he's in like nutrition. Mm-hmm. He's in personal, you know, physical training. Yeah. He's in uh, mental. Uh, mental health uh, health. he ran
1: into the same issues in his 20s though a little earlier than we did where he had a medical condition that mainstream medicine just kind of said there's nothing i can do for you and he decided himself to look for alternatives and healed himself um so he started his career on coaching others how to do the same.
0: Well, and so he wrote this article or this blog post called 18 Reasons I Won't Be Getting a COVID Vaccine. And we basically want to take this episode to kind of walk through that. Mm -hmm. A lot of this stuff is stuff that we've covered in different episodes, but we just want to kind of quickly walk through all the 18 things that he goes through um, and then just kind of go maybe in depth, more in depth on some of the ones that we haven't kind of tackled head on. Um, But before we do that, he did go, on the Wise Traditions podcast Mm -hmm. I think a week or so ago maybe two weeks ago and uh, um, that is a fantastic episode and uh, so go to Wise Traditions we will um, uh, put the link in the show notes Mm -hmm. for that episode very well spoken individual we've got the intro portion to that uh, uh, podcast that we want to play here so that Oh, you do you want to
1: share the stats and on his blog post? Did you say oh, how Oh yeah, many that people? was pretty
0: interesting. I mean essentially uh, in a nutshell, uh, I was looking through all of the the uh, uh, views that his blog post had gotten and it was like, uh, if you looked at the five episodes, or the five posts before this one he wrote here for the COVID vaccine, it was like 194 views, then he had like a 2,000 view, then a 600 view, then a 4,900 view view, and then there's this one that has 3.5 million views. (laughs) Yes,
1: it is (laughs) very well written.
0: Yeah, very well written, and it's getting a lot of visibility. And again, we will link to that in the show notes, but let's listen to uh, Christian here on the Wise Traditions podcast.
2: What's particularly concerning to me about pharma is that they go to court and lose and have to pay... Hundreds of millions or billions of dollars in fines because they took to market something they knew would cause injury or death and they did it anyway. And the reason we know that is because they can be sued and we can look at the documents that produced that information. The challenge with these vaccines is you can't get that info. So the logical leap someone has to make in their mind is to say, well they wouldn't do that with vaccines i mean sure they have criminal record and evidence that these people would do things like that where they can get caught but we have this idea that somehow vaccines are made by angels and that they're they fell out of heaven and they could do no wrong and the people who produce them are all above board when we have they're convicted felons and i i would have hope for that to change somewhat it, What one if we could repeal the 1986 Acts, but two, if somebody went to jail for that, rather than just pay a fine, because right now it just seems like that's part of the cost of doing business. There's no ramification for their actions.
0: Okay, so I mean, I thought that was very well said. Um, there's actually a quote. I want to see if uh, I can find if it. Drug here.
1: companies willfully choose to put harmful products in the market when they can be sued. Why would we trust? any product where they have no liability
0: i mean it's really a basic logic thing um you know there's this entire side of the industry around pharmaceutical drugs where you know they're held to this standard where if there is negligence something mm-hmm. happens or they are uh, found to be hiding information that later shows that uh, there were real health impacts that they weren't uh, uh, publicizing to people so that they could make a more accurate uh, decision about what, whether they wanted to take the medication or not. And all of these companies have had issues um, with the exception of Moderna, but moderna is a brand essentially a brand new company. they've, they've never brought, a product to market mm-hmm. until this mm-hmm. um and so you know we don't really have any history with them they've just been basically a company or with trying to develop products but never could really uh hit the mark and now all of a sudden we've got this major pandemic and they've got and the this
1: rush product
0: rush product and we've got the, we've got now the biggest product uh uh in pharmaceutical history mm-hmm. you know around the code technology vaccines. right so, but, but let's kind of start to break this down in this article, if you guys will. So uh, we we'll start out the first one um, is uh, just what we were talking about here. Vaccine makers are immune from liability. And so...
1: And we have talked about that before. We
0: have. And, and in 1986, the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act uh, was passed. And that essentially took liability away from... Uh, uh, ma- these manufacturers, they lobbied Congress and they uh, were able to get that put in place. Because
1: they're it, getting sued left and right.
0: Yeah, for, for injuries. <laughs> and now when you have a vaccine injury uh, with, you know, the uh, vaccines that exist within the um uh, current schedule uh, you basically take those uh, legal complaints to the government instead mm-hmm. and, and you sue the government and then if uh, the government uh, feels you've proven your case then they pay you from a fund uh, that uh, to date has paid out over four and a half billion dollars mm-hmm. uh, since that was enacted so but uh,
1: for these injections in particular they're also this is also reinforced by the PrEP Act which so nobody Uh, involved in the whole transaction of the injection is liable so the person that that you know the person that administers um, the facility that administers like anybody in that process nobody in that process can be uh, liable held liable so it makes me think of the you know the uh 60 day money-back guarantee 30 day money back guarantee right when you buy a product like these um manufacturers do not stand behind this product at all and they have zero to lose if somebody gets injured, we can't stress this enough. Well, and,
0: and that's why they've said that uh, vaccines are really the new model for these pharmaceutical companies. They're actually doing much, much more R&D on the vaccine side as opposed to the uh, pharmaceutical side because of the fact that uh, they have no liability concern around the uh uh, the biologicals for vaccination. So so anyway, so that's interesting. So that's his first And they point. all do
1: their own testing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's no outside entity actually uh, overseeing.
0: So then his number two reason is the checkered past of vaccine companies. And I know you found some stuff that was linked off of uh, what he provided in that. Did you mm-hmm. want to dive in on some yeah. of that stuff? So
1: the four major companies were making these COVID vaccines, have uh, are or have either never brought a vaccine to market some case of moderna as we said and johnson and johnson also never had a um, vaccine to market um they are <laughs> serial felons pfizer and astrazeneca um or they they are both they didn't bring a vaccine to market and they are felons like in the case of uh johnson and johnson um, so for, uh, and we can name uh, so many um, different drugs, you know, that have had, um, t- been taken off the market or have caused horrible, horrible side effects.
0: For example, like Vioxx, Bextra, yeah, Celebrex, is a, a
1: Merck. Product. It's a painkiller that caused heart attacks, and they were fined twenty-five million dollars. Uh, Baxtra is a Pfizer uh, product. It's an anti-inflammatory. It causes also heart attacks, and they had to pay two point three billion dollars in fine, fines. Th- teletamine, th- 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 yeah. which is a tranquilizer that was given to it, w- it was deemed safe and effective it was given to pregnant mothers and caused horrific birth defects and was taken off the market and then the opioids i mean g and J was ordered to pay 572 million um dollars on opioids alone so, uh, so these are products you can be sued over. So imagine, what are you gonna do? I mean, what incentive do you even have to create a safe product when you have no liability?
0: Yeah, there's nobody uh, checking you for any bad behavior. So, and even if they find anything, you're immune. You don't. Y- yeah, you
1: are immune. I mean, you. And, and as he said, you know, we think that those companies now turn angels just because they're manufacturing vaccines, but their track record is really bad.
0: So, so it's like somebody needs to i'd really like to have a conversation with somebody and, and for them to to really make the leap to where we know these things have occurred and when you dig into these cases i mean they're ugly
1: mm-hmm. they are ugly yeah pfizer has the distinction of the biggest criminal payout in history <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> astrazeneca has similar similarities lost so many lawsuits it's hard to count <laughs> johnson and johnson has lost major lawsuits in 1995 1986 2001 2010 2011 2016 2019 uh they used the aborted uh, fetal cells as well um so so, bad. so
0: right there if you just want to use the legal records of the companies involved to say this is why I'm not getting the vaccine mm-hmm. because I'm waiting to see uh, how badly we I'm, I'm I'm waiting to see which one gets sued the least yep. <laughs> and then maybe I'll <laughs> go with that vaccine uh, once that shakes out. Okay, so let's let's keep uh, was there anything else on that particular point or do you want to go ahead and I move mean, on? I mean,
1: there's yeah, we can move on cuz we need to, to keep the yeah, uh, trade sure, going.
0: Sure. So number 3 the ugly history of attempts to make coronavirus vaccines. Let me just kind of read through this here. There have been many attempts to make viral vaccines in the past that ended in utter failure, which is why we did not have a coronavirus vaccine in 2020. In the 60s, scientists attempted to make an RSV vaccine for infants. That was the respiratory synstitial virus and in that study, they skipped animal trials because they weren't necessary back then. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the vaccinated infants got much sicker than the unvaccinated infants when exposed to the virus in nature, with 80% of the vaccinated infants requiring hospitalization and two of them passed away. So after 2000, scientists made many attempts to create coronavirus vaccines. For the past 20 years, all ended in failure because the animals in the clinical trials got very sick and many died, just like the children in in this 1960s. So he, uh, in this uh, blog post, he gives uh, links to all of these. He's got, in 2004, attempted vaccine produced hepatitis in ferrets. In 2005, mice and civets became sick and more susceptible to coronaviruses after vaccination. In 2012, the ferrets became sick and died. And in this study, mice and ferrets developed lung disease. And in 2016, uh, this other study that he links to also produced lung disease in mice. So in typical pattern in the studies mentioned above is that, that the children and the animals produced beautiful antibody responses after being vaccinated. The manufacturers thought they'd hit the jackpot. <clears throat> and then the problem came when the children and animals were exposed in the wild uh, to the actual uh, pathogen. And when that happened, there was an unexplained phenomenon called antibody-dependent enhancement, which we've talked about we before. we talked
1: about that, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and also known as vaccine-enhanced disease, which occurred when the immune system produced a cytokine storm, which has been something we've heard a lot about in the you news.
1: Overreacted, and then some, the children and animals yeah. died. Mm-hmm. And so, and there's no data to suggest that this, these problems have been overcome anywhere. So,
0: so, so that there is is a big thing. <coughs> mm-hmm. Are you are you looking at this article too? I am. Do you want to go ahead and hit number four? I need to grab a little glass of water.
1: Submitted to the FDA by the vaccine makers, Uh, so there's a lot of unknowns with these vaccines. And we talk about I was just uh, uh, talking about you know pregnant women and lactating women, um, and children, for example, were not studied. Uh, we also don't know, you know, what, is, what are the consequences of using the, the, the lipid nanoparticles that we talked about, the PEG on these vaccines, or um, how, um, what are the long uh, safety study data? There's, there's none um, to know if, you know, this is safe or not. So he um, says here, anyone younger than 18 years old or o- over 55. There's there's no data. Pregnant or lactating mothers, uh, people with autoimmune conditions, uh, immune-compromised individuals, and again, no data on transmission, no, no data um, on preventing mortality from COVID. So no data that you might die from this. No data on duration of protection either. There's none of that. Um, so that was number four. And number f- Five, yeah,
0: no access to the raw data from the trials. So, yeah. would you like uh, to? Would you like to see the raw data that produced yeah. the ninety percent and ninety-five percent uh-huh. effective claims touted in the news? Well, he would like to see it too, but they yeah. won't let us see that data. Yeah, the
1: BMJ actually pointed pointed that out. You know, how did you? come to these numbers, you know, and, and again, if we talk about headlines, that's all that we heard in December, was it December or November? Maybe it was November. The headlines, 90% is effective, 95%, like it's like a, a unanimous truth, you know, and then when you start looking at, you know, how many people actually from the trials they took to do the controls with, it was like, a tiny tiny percentage of people and everything was um anecdotal you know like they just said oh yeah look like these people s- seem like they had covid and they were in the unvaccinated group and these people didn't so let's just throw that number up there but nobody really knows because they haven't released the raw data the only data that we have is uh what it was submitted to the fda
0: well, and let's also remember that uh, they were doing testing to prove COVID at the much higher cycle counts back then. Yep, mm-hmm. remember? 44. So 44 plus, which we've talked about that, and that was called out by the uh, the WHO. Mm-hmm. No, uh,
1: lo- no long-term safety yeah, testing, no. which you already talked about. No informed consent, we already talked about that. Um, the laws, if you guys want to know more about informed consent, I think... Couple episodes ago, we went into detail, uh, the law, the constitutionality of it, and you guys. And we have also links to all that, all the documentation. If you guys need to bring that to the injection site and inform the people, they're about to give you a shot.
0: Well, I mean, I I would just say just have somebody even explain what VARS is and how it works, Mm -hmm. you know. That's the
1: next the yeah. next one oh, Under- yeah, reporting number eight, adverse reactions and death so if we if you guys don't know what theirs is the vaccine adverse event re, uh, reporting system uh, uh there was a study from harvard university actually to to see it was funded by the government i think they give them like a million dollar grant to um to go over uh, to see if that system even worked or, you know, if people are actually reporting injury and they found that uh, less than 1% uh, was being, of reactions were being reported in the system. And that's really the system that's been cited over and over. And some people say, well, you can't trust that data because it's self-reporting. But then in, in, in reality, I mean, how many people do I know that got the shot that had a reaction? Uh, it had fatigue. It had brain fog. They got sick, actually. But, and 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 this was never reported to VAERS. But
0: but I come back too that that nobody knows VARES exists. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are yeah. getting a little bit more uh, awareness of it uh, right now. But remember, this uh, VAERS came out decades ago. Okay, mm-hmm. and and most people. When I say most, I would say. Uh, 97 out of 100, okay, probably Mm -hmm. have never heard of it. Mm -hmm. They couldn't tell you what the acronym stands for. So are those people going to uh, be... Um, informed enough to go online and do a search if they think they're having a reaction, and then uh, fill out a form, or mm-hmm. are they going into the hospital and then having a medical uh, 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 resource give them a, a look, either either a high level nurse or a physician, and then that report is being put in by those individuals, not from the the in the, the person mm-hmm. that has the reaction themselves. Right. So I think it's silly to think that. You know, these are just people who are are bored at home and Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to call this in and and, and create additional statistics that aren't real.
1: Yeah, in our experience, and we already shared this in other episodes, (coughs) but uh, when we had our reaction, the nurse, I called the nurse to basically say, oh, it wasn't the vaccine. And that's it. Case closed.
0: Oh yeah, she didn't want to. She didn't yeah. want to try to get more information. Why do you yeah. believe it's the vaccine? Mm-hmm. Or you know, it's nuts. All right, number nine: the vaccines do not stop transmission or infection. Wait, what? Aren't these vaccines supposed to be what we've been waiting for to go back to normal?
1: Yeah. So we talked about that at the beginning of the episode and in many other episodes, but here in the article, they have a more. Um, they have some links that you can go to. Um, so I don't know if it's worth to even go over it.
0: Well, no, I mean, I, this so I, I mean, much. I just want people to know that that they were not designed mm-hmm. for that. It's it's like it's like saying, well, does the Lamborghini make a good shake? Well, it wasn't even it wasn't designed <laughs> yeah. to, to no, make shakes. No, I mean
1: shakes. it wasn't actually it wasn't in the, in the criteria on the trials. We talked about that, uh, effect, you know effectiveness. What does it mean for this vaccines to be effective? And uh, the effectiveness is actually related to immune suppression. So basically, suppressing symptoms. And there's something really interesting. He said in the article, he said if we're worried about asymptomatic spreaders. Would the vaccine not make it more likely that we're creating asymptomatic spread because this drug is suppressing the immune system so you don't show symptoms?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, moving on to number 10, people are catching COVID after being fully vaccinated. Now, you just let on early mm-hmm. when we first started the episode about that study in Israel. Yes. You know, that seems like, uh, what was it, over half of their actual cases? So, 60% of their cases were mm-hmm. people that had already had the shots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: and he sources many headlines of different states, Washington State, New York, Michigan, Hawaii, uh Several other states. He also cites that uh, the 80% of, uh, 80% of 35 nuns who got the vaccine in Kentucky, two of them actually died. Um, so he sources all those articles um should we move on to number 11
0: the overall death rate from covid and according to the cdc's own numbers covid has a 99.74 percent survival rate so why would i take a risk on a product that doesn't stop infection or transmission to help me Mm -hmm. overcome a cold that has a 0.26 percent chance of killing me actually in my age range which i can't remember he's i think he's in his 40s Mm-hmm. I believe, uh, just like that. Yeah, it, he has about a 0.1 percent chance of uh, being killed by COVID, and 0.01 percent chance of killing his children.
1: Mm-hmm. But you if know, you look at there is actually the the chances that you're actually going to have a life altering event after getting the vaccine and injury is actually 3%. So you buy it as well, you know.
0: And, and you know as I'm reading this just what dawns on me what pops in my head is that um you know I really just can't see any way around thinking that they are going so beyond the pale with this particular disease because they're trying to set the bar with something that is not problematic.
2: Mm -hmm. They're
0: trying to set it so high that then when we have something that is even slightly more uh, um, difficult to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. then all bets are off. You yeah. know what I mean? Literally, it'll just be a, we're just taking everything. You know what I mean? L- look how much we took from you with COVID. And that, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and this is twice as bad because instead of having a, only a 99.74% survival rate, now you only have a 98.5% survival yeah. rate. So, I mean, this is what jumps out at me. It's like, just really beat them over the head uh, with this one that's not that bad and then when one that's in, is introduced that is uh, uh, just even slightly worse or even maybe sub- even something substantially worse still wouldn't be that bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean just from a percentage perspective, they can make such a big deal out about it. It's mm-hmm. just nuts.
1: And then you know, what did we hear at the beginning of the year after Biden was in office? They are all talking about, you know, we are we're gonna hit the 500,000 deaths from covid right and so he's number 12
0: the bloated covid death numbers yes so you know we know that there were issues with um how death, death, certificates. death certificates were being uh requested to be uh filled out by uh, uh vital statistics and whatnot how
1: a miraculously cardiovascular disease was down for the first time in like decades five decades yeah you know? cancer was down uh now if you had pneumonia uh they count that as covid covid deaths um you know there's so many if you got into car accidents and you had covid then they were, you know there's so many uh uh interesting uh reporting on this and he sources some articles to to be um that you guys can't read.
0: Number 13, uh, Tony Fau- Dr. Tony Fauci and six others at NIAID own patents on the Moderna vaccine. Yeah, so,
1: talk about conflict <clears throat> of interest there. We have alternative treatments. There are studies on several of the alternative treatments, but what do we hear from Dr. Fauci? We want what, what is the number? What, we played a video. What is the number we need to hit? You know, what is the criteria we need to hit to let everybody, the, the world or the country go back to and normal? And what's crazy
0: to me about that is that um, I see conversations on Facebook and, you know, people are defending Fauci and they're like, look, there is so much about this disease we don't know. He, he can't make a prediction and all this. And I'm, I'm like, look, there has to be a goal, Okay. There has got to be a goal because if there is no goal, we will never get there. And and so I mean, he he has changed tracks before. It's okay if he says we need to get to this level vaccination. We need to get to um, this level of daily cases. We need to get to this level of. Um, uh, uh, you know hospitalizations mm-hmm. you know it's okay for him to say that and then and then change tracks as long as there's a reason he's changing tracks right mm-hmm. i mean he says well look you know the data we 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 based that on before it was this we, we need to adjust that a little bit because this occurred but the fact that he has no target zero mm-hmm. target and all he but is about but then
1: he's got conflicts of interest
0: well and so 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 my question is if that's not a conflict of interest, mm-hmm. what does a conflict of interest look like?
1: Mm-hmm. Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah. So, so let's talk about the, uh, uh, the, the, the issues here. Tony Fauci owns over a thousand patents, including patents being used on the Moderna vaccine, which he approved government funding for. In fact, the NIH, which NIAID is part of, claims joint ownership of Moderna's vaccine. Does anyone else see this as a major conflict of interest or criminal, even?
0: and, and it's the it's actually. Um The uh, Bayh-Dole Act, which gives government workers uh, the ability to file patents on any research they do using taxpayer funding. So, I mean, think about that. We are putting our money in so that these scientists can do their work. And then the output of their work creates these patents that they hold on to uh, and then they can profit from, even though it was our dollars that facilitated their very research. So I mean, and and then and then these companies are going to turn around and then produce a vaccine that they're going to charge the government for, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and then our insurance is going to pay for yeah. it. And I mean,
1: I mean, and then the government is going is going to give a. Incentives to employers and uh, healthcare facilities—they are making sure that their employees are, are, are getting vaccinated and getting tracked—and and this is happening. In my in my line of work, the pressure is just uh, really strong on on getting this um, to the point that is that is uncomfortable and it's scary. It's hostile. Almost, you it know, is. the pressure. So if I if I didn't have all this data, really, I, I probably would go ahead and just go do it just so they would leave me alone. Right. <laughs> you know, so at least I have conviction because I got the data. But, you know, that segues, you know, the conflict of interest here and the patent segues into... Um, Number 14, which he says Fauci's on the hot seat for illegal gain-of-function research.
0: So what is gain-of-function research? It is where scientists attempt to make viruses gain functions. Uh, For example, make them more transmissible or deadlier, which uh, that sounds at least a touch unethical, right? How could Mm -hmm. that possibly be helpful? Our government agreed and banned the practice. So what did the Fauci-led NIAID do? They pivoted and outsourced the gain-of-function research in coronaviruses, no less, to China to the tune of a $600,000 grant. You can see more details, including important timeline of these events, in a link that he provides in his blog Mm. post. Mm -hmm. here. But Mr. Fauci, he has some explaining to do because uh, cameras are recording when you have to defend your actions. For now, let's turn our attention back to the virus. So uh, number 15, he goes on to say, uh, the virus continues to mutate. Um, Now, this was an interesting uh, uh, turn several weeks ago that I was talking about. We actually did not do a, uh, a podcast episode about we this. We did
1: not because it's still this whole thing is still debatable because the virus have not been seen. It's it's as we uh, played a a clip last last episode, right? It's like the unicorn that you say it exists because you saw a picture on the on the internet. In this case, uh, you have a sequence but you don't really have a thing. It's like a theoretical thing because it's it's a virtual it's <laughs> sequence actually, actually of this not, thing. It's
0: not like a theoretical thing. They actually call it a theoretical <laughs> yeah, thing, in, yeah, yeah. a theoretical virus in the yes. papers. So, you know, um, there was the discussion with Gert Vandenbosch, which uh, he is a vaccine developer. I mean, this guy has a... Uh, resume where, um, you know, he's worked for Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. Mm. He's worked for Gala- suspicious. GlaxoSmithKline. I mean, he's worked for like four or five of the big dogs in uh, really high up positions. And he kind of was sounding the alarm because he was essentially s- stating that, um, that, that although these vaccines could have um, uh they could be helpful in some case. The fact that they're giving them now, once the virus is in the, you know, I'm, I'm using air quotes again, the virus, because again, we've never seen mm-hmm, it, but but because yeah. the virus is so prolific now, it's everywhere. That you're actually doing yourself a disservice to. Yeah, if you vaccinate, go with the
1: narrative, the mainstream narrative, you know, like it's mutating now. You have the the Brazilian. Uh, mutation you have the Afri- the brazilian strain the african strain the german strain the uk strain <laughs> you know so i mean what what's the point you're getting this the shot and then you're getting all these variation variants
0: well and the point that gert was making was that you have um these natural killer cells which essentially sit as kind of a front line and they don't need to Um, be specifically programmed to attack a new pathogen. They kind of are smart enough to just kind of go after whatever is not recognized. And so, and and then they often will kill off infection in a healthy individual, especially a young individual who has a lot of these natural killer cells. And when you get the vaccine, the actual antibodies that uh, your body creates from the vaccination actually Oh okay the, the we're we're having technical difficulties we're doing we're recording on a table and and so we're're we're, we're hitting on the table and we're, we're both correcting each other. stop smacking the table it's getting picked up on the mic um, but anyway, he was saying that when you uh, uh, vaccinate for this very specific strain, then those antibodies actually uh, compete with these natural killer antibody cells and literally push them out of the way, if not eliminating them. And these new antibodies are only programmed for the specific virus that you get the vaccination for. So if you have these strains of a new variant, then they come in unabated from the this antibody that exists and basically go right on past and uh, with very... Very little resistance, and then uh, uh, you can catch an even worse infection from that. And so he was saying, I think we're going to see some high spike uh, uh, in the vaccinated population because of this issue now. Whether we've seen that or not, I'm not sure. I mean, there are a lot of really interesting things happening in the numbers in different areas of the world, like India and whatnot. But um, what was most interesting to me is, you know, this guy is a very well-respected scientist. And uh, people came out and and really character assassinated him. I had friends who brought uh, this man's research up to doctors, and they said, oh, well, this guy hasn't published a paper since uh, you know 1994 or something like that, and and uh, uh, which wasn't true, by the way. But but I mean, rather than deal with the data that this uh, scientist has brought into the fold and say, hey, what do you think of that? Are you familiar with this uh, um, phenomenon, um, which was called um, immune escape, I believe? Mm-hmm. Um, it, rather than do that, they wouldn't. They would not even uh take on the topic you yeah. know and and uh that's the most interesting thing about this is rather than continue the conversation and figure out why yeah, the science no there's it, it, no
1: scientific debate it's just character it's assassination yeah just, just character assassination and in censorship or you know if finishing ending the conversation with the you know the conspiracy theory expression
0: but but again, so like to, just to kind of sum that particular one up, you know, uh, if I have a very little chance of dying from this actual disease and um, it, it's not stopping me from transmissing it to someone else either, it's not been proven to do that, and uh, I have a chance of this immune escape phenomenon, which would make me potentially more um a vulnerable to a variant? If I if I believed in that paradigm, mm-hmm. uh, then why would I take this shot? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and leave my natural killer cells in place mm-hmm. and and let them do what they need to do. I'm a healthy young individual. Again, other people might make a different decision based yeah. on their health and all that, but me, why would I do that? So that's mm-hmm. that's a really a great.
1: Which people might again come with the argument? It only works if everybody does it,
0: which is nuts. It is nuts,
1: because if your immune system is working, why does it matter if somebody else is working or not?
0: So number 16, censorship, and the complete absence of scientific debate. So, I mean, again, he goes into his own reasons there. Um, We have talked over and over again Mm -hmm. that if we've been doing this for well over a year now, and the conversation has not changed at all. It has Mm -hmm. not expanded. It has not um, turned into a source of education for the public to understand what they could do to better their own health. Mm-hmm. It has focused around lockdowns, mask wearing, social distancing, when is the vaccine coming out, when am I getting it, um, you know, how to do get your tests, and uh, uh, sometimes therapeutics are involved in that, but very little. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, nothing around nutrition, no. nothing around vitamin supplementation, nothing around uh, uh, becoming more active, you know, outdoors mm-hmm. and, and improving your, your gut uh, bio, microbiome mm-hmm. and all that. None of that has, has happened. And, so, and then when people do try to talk about those things and say, here's a really good way to bolster your, your, your system to be able to uh, uh, face what's happening in the world today, they're censored. Yeah. And so just the, the, the pure act of censorship has proven that something is up. Mm-hmm. Something is going on, you know, um, just the other day, um, actually let me, uh, or actually I can't, I don't want to play it because, uh, I'm sure it's probably a copyright thing because, uh, it's from the Joe Rogan podcast, but he, um, he actually got a lot of flack
2: mm-hmm. because
0: he, he, on his own program, he said, uh, he tried to forward and a direct message, um, a uh, some information about ivermectin mm-hmm. um, where a doctor was saying that if there is a, um, a therapeutic that works that shows good efficacy then uh Governments are actually not able to do this whole emergency use thing around vaccination if there is a, a uh, therapeutic that can be used in, instead. And so this all this data around ivermectin seems to be being kept really on the down low. And, you know, we had that big hoopla around hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. And-
1: well, I think the argument with ivermectin, as you know, they were given away in Brazil like candy in India, and people are just dying by the, by the droves, which... You know, for you to say it's because, of, you know, the drug doesn't work that people are dying. I mean, these countries, like I can speak for Brazil, you know, there's very, very serious issues with our healthcare care system. I mean, it's we have corruption. They're underfunded. Um, there's more people. Uh, they're sick than there are people. Uh, to take care of the sick. I mean, there's so many fundamental issues. You know, there's poverty, there is starvation. I mean, and you are going to tell me that, you know, ivermectin doesn't work because people in third world countries are dying. I mean, if we really inspect the numbers, we already gone through that, really inspect the numbers, I mean, from year to year, you know, you just call everything one thing now. You know, and for you to use that as... as the reason why drug a or drug b doesn't work and not actually go and look at the studies and the sources not not even been able to talk about it not even been able to prescribe like some 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 uh, what happened to your friend again where he tried to ask the doctor
0: yeah that was in california yeah. and they basically said uh um what do you uh what are you getting this prescription for? Yeah, it was and, a pharmacist. Right? And he just came out and said, uh, "Getting it for COVID." And they said, "Okay, well, we're not filling prescriptions for COVID." Yeah, that was a pharmacist.
1: I mean, that doctor actually gave him the prescription. The pharmacist wouldn't <laughs> fill it. It's just crazy.
0: Yeah, it's wild. But but we know others that are that are getting it mm-hmm. and having good luck with it. And yeah. and uh, um, so yes, yeah, so the censorship around like topics like ivermectin is really letting on to the fact that something is happening. Um, that's really trying to push this particular narrative around vaccines. And so then, um, really, lastly, uh, number 18 is that uh, the author of this blog post, he already had COVID. He didn't enjoy it. It was a nasty cold for a couple of days, unrelenting uh, butt and low back aches, very low energy, low grade fever. It was weird not being able to smell anything for a couple of days. A week later, coffee still tasted a bit off, but he survived. Now it appears as it always has that he's uh, that he has a beautiful natural lifelong immunity. Um, not something likely to wear off in a few months if he gets the vaccine.
1: Do you know what, what is interesting about my conversation this morning mm-hmm. with my, my friend, um, my pregnant friend? She said, well, I had COVID. I already had it, but the doctor still said that I probably should get it so my baby would get a uh, antibodies. <laughs> Can you believe that? So like her natural immunity is not enough? It's not enough that her baby's not going to get those antibodies. So you got to go ahead. And when you've seen so many headlines that say, you know, you shouldn't be getting this vaccine if you already had COVID. And
0: so, you know, we've bounced around a lot here. That's really most of the points he walks through. And I think if you've listened to this podcast, you know, we've talked about pretty much all of these, uh, maybe not all of them in, depth Uh, what's so great about his article is that he provides links to all the studies he provides um, all of the data so i mean if you need to go to one resource to then branch off to any of these conversations uh, you can do that if you want to give as i mentioned uh, that this is a long conversation to have with somebody Mm -hmm. if you want to say hey can you just look at this blog post read through it does anything in this blog post, you know, there's 18 things listed. Mm-hmm. Does anything in here give you a little bit of a pause or or at least give you some understanding of why I'm not getting the vaccine mm-hmm. until there's a little bit more data uh, mm-hmm. to chew on, right?
1: Yeah, we've had actually lots of uh, people or friends reach out to us and, and tell us, okay, I'm getting this pressure, I just from from my friends especially uh, older fr- friends that are older you know what what do i tell them i don't know what to tell them you know they keep asking me why do- so so here is this article has plenty of information with links scientific data uh, to give you the conviction so you can be brave and stand in your truth and stand for your body integrity
0: Yeah. And and, uh, again, the podcast from Wise Traditions that he was on, he's an excellent speaker on the topic. We think you'll find that episode very, very entertaining and informative. So we will link to that in the show notes. Uh, But uh, I think that's probably good for the episode. We do want to um, reiterate that we are on Instagram at The Collective Resistance. We are also have a ongoing Telegram discussion. If you do a search for The Collective Resistance podcast on Telegram, you can join that group um, where we just try to continually throw over news items that are happening around these topics and others. Um, so please join us there if you have interest. And uh, please leave a comment if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't.
1: <laughs> or if you want to hear more, or if you want to hear about different topics you're not sure, uh, we would be happy to research and bring it on to the show.
0: All right, that's it for today's episode of the Collective Resistance Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Fabi, what do you want to
2: tell us? Hey,
1: okay, stay healthy, stay safe, stay curious.